is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Crushing a Red Bull. This is Derek Smith. I am awake, alive, alert, and ready for a NASCAR preview show. Yeah, Woo. that's it. We are here, man. The season is upon us. So let's get into it. Just to give you an idea before we get going too far here, obviously. We love NASCAR, we love IndyCar, we love sports cars. We have spent a lot of time talking about that. We're going to get into dirt stuff this year as well as we have uh, you know, already been doing with Chili Bowl and things like that. But just know NASCAR is one of our favorite things. We are going to do a lot start around the start of the NASCAR season. And most every week we will have some kind of NASCAR content uh, on the podcast here. But the way we're doing our previews this year we have a cup series preview which you're listening to now which we will get to in a moment we're also going to be putting out uh after this one we will be putting out our xfinity and truck series preview so if you like those series or if you've ever wanted to get into them a little bit more maybe you don't know the storylines things like that we've got you covered they're starting up this week too so we'll get you all that info in the xfinity and cup series preview uh later on this week right before the you know weekend hits probably on friday we're going to drop an episode that previews just the daytona 500 and talked about the daytona 500 give you the final lineup once that's set after the duels and we will give you our fantasy preview for the year yeah where we're going to talk to some of the guys from our nascar fantasy league the dick trickle racing league we will talk to some of those guys we will give you some of our strategies for daily fantasy so this week, you have got three NASCAR-centered podcasts coming at you. Hope you can keep up with all of it, because we're going to have a lot of content coming at you in the next few days. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy talk about Dick Trickle Racing and all that uh, all that happens over there. We'll spare you all the uh, Dick Trickle jokes Yeah, uh, for those that are not on the Well, I, of, I, I will tell you uh, on that podcast, that. I did make a joke about uh, we're not dicking around in this league, and... That that got no laughs, and that's fine. I don't unless take you're a real it. estate agent and had to negotiate a contract and have a Zoom call with someone during the draft, and you end up <laughs> drafting Ryan Newman. That happened to me, so <laughs> I got to live with that decision. <laughs> yeah, well, more on that when we uh, get to the fantasy preview coming up later this week. But for now, let's dive into all the stuff that we have to talk about with the Cup Series this year. So let's let's quickly recap where we were last year. 2020, obviously your champion. I think you've probably heard by now Chase Elliott won that thing, got it done, had a tremendous year. Uh, the Final Four that featured Chase Elliott also featured Brad Keselowski in kind of a rejuvenation year. Uh, his teammate at, Pe uh, yeah, at Penske, uh, Joey Logano, and then Denny Hamlin making it into the Final Four. Didn't get the job done yet again, and I don't know if that's fair to bring it up in that way, but look, Denny Hamlin probably you know wants to get that as like the final thing for his career put a little cap on his already hall of fame career but he did not get that job done but those are the cars that made it to the final four obviously the shocker there last year as we ended the season was kevin harvick not being in the final four because he was great all year Derek. and i yeah. i tend to think he's going to be really good again this year but some people concerned about what happens you know with kevin harvick as he gets up in years is this a year where we start to see the performance dip we don't know. It might be a year that it dips, or it might be that he's right back there and still one of the top four drivers in the sport like he was pretty much all last year. I mean, can I show you this? Or Well, I can't really show you because it's a podcast, but, I mean, this is his average finishes in, since February of 2018. So at Indy, he's got an average finish of second place. Atlanta, second place. Michigan, 2.17. 
because he's had six races there and four wins and five yeah. top fives. I mean, you have to go down. I'm not even kidding. 15 tracks to get to where he's averaging outside of a top 10 finish. The people that are saying Kevin Harvick's on the way out, I don't buy it for a second. And I think he is going to be the top dog. And remember, Phoenix is one of his best tracks. And that is now, again, the last race of the year. So wait, as long as he makes it into the Final Four, I think it's his his championship to lose this year. I really do. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Well, and he he's talked about it after the season where he, you know, missing out on the Final Four. He said, you know, all of his guys, they pretty much know we move on. We don't dwell on that. We're not lingering on that. We focus forward. So sounds like he's he's already passed it. He's ready to move on. And I think this year you're going to see him back at the top as far as being able to uh, stay focused and stay in that. Now, one thing that we, you know, kind of as a storyline coming out of last season before we start talking about what's going to go on this year, the guy who had perhaps even a more disappointing season, well, clearly a more disappointing season than Kevin Harvick did, was Kyle Busch. And yeah. that is, I think, the biggest question not the biggest, but one of the big questions coming into this season is Kevin Harvick, can he keep it up? And part of, you know, what we saw yes last year was a a vacuum at the top to a degree where Kevin Harvick's been really good. Denny Hamlin's been really good. Joey Logano's been very good. Chase Elliott's been very good. These guys were all up there. And Brad Keselowski had a rejuvenated year, certainly. But one of those final four spots, you have to presume, would have been occupied by Kyle Busch in a normal season over the last five years suddenly it wasn't so does he regain that form is he back to being a top four contender and you know he had a really good year by everybody else's standard but nowhere close to what his standard is does he get back to what you think he should be Derek right yeah I I think he does because he's got eight opportunities to to basically get more practice with with tracks like Daytona and all the new tracks he's going to be able to qualify and practice and that's where Kyle Busch I think needs his ability to to shine and also too the caveat there could be maybe that's where his crew chief needs the opportunity to shine you know uh kyle bush is a great driver and he can hop in and he has one in xfinity and and other series uh without practice there so i'm wondering if that's a situation where maybe this the crew chief switch which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit that might be something that gives him a boost and he's able to compete and get back to being the old kyle bush that we all know and love or hate, depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's something to, to definitely keep an eye on as we go into this season. So uh, those are some of the storylines we're looking at coming out of 2020. And then I'll give you a couple more storylines that we will be looking out of by the time we get to the end of this year. And that will be where are some of the big name drivers going to be finishing up uh, their contracts? Because so Denny Hamlin just re-signed with Gibbs Racing. So he's got another, I think, couple years added on to his deal. And I'm sure he's making millions of dollars. Good for him. He deserves it. He's one of the winningest drivers currently driving in the series and will go down. Like I said, he's a NASCAR Hall of Famer. You get over 40 wins in my book, you're a NASCAR Hall of Famer. No questions asked. Yeah. Um, but so he's done that. However, Brad Kozlowski, free agent at the end of this year because he just signed a one-year deal last year. Martin Truex Jr., free agent at the end of this year. Matt Benedetto will be gone from the Wood Brothers. They will be bringing up Austin Sindrick, who's coming in through the Penske organization and you know, kind of like a Ryan Blaney situation where it's a Penske driver. Sindrick is obviously Tim Sindrick's son, who's the director of racing for Penske. Uh, so that that is happening. Matt Benedetto will be on the market next year. One of the better drivers of last year, I think, that, you know, didn't get as heralded maybe as he should have, but he had a, a tremendous season for him. Alex Bowman, technically, up next year. 
Kurt Busch up at the end of this year. Ryan Newman, Ricky Stenhouse, Austin Dillon technically is up at the end of the year. Oh I, gosh, I, yeah. You think you think old Silver Spoon's going to get a deal, or you think they're going to? You think Grandpa? You think Poppy's going to say, "See you, buddy. Get out of here." This is this is how that negotiation is going to go. Hey, Pop Pop. Yeah. What do you want, Austin? I want a new contract. All right, Austin. Sounds good. How many you want? Four years. Uh, yeah, sounds good, Pop Pop. All right. Thanks, Austin. And then Ty hey, Dillon, uh, and then Ty Dillon hey, walks Pop, in and is Pop, like, hey, Pop, 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 can I have a deal too? And what does Pop Pop say there? Get your ass out of here. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> Hold my watch, boy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, I mean, like, Austin Dillon I, I will hope, be, he'll I have, hope, a, he'll I have Ty a deal. Dillon, Ty Dillon's got a shot at the, at, the, at the Bush Clash. I hope he goes out and just lights the world on fire in what I think is going to be a good car this year with the 2311 racing Toyota. I hope he does. I hope he does a great job and puts some pause in there. And maybe RCR does put a three, um, you know, a, a three, a three car operation back in place. I don't know. You never we'll know. Could be. Um, by the way, speaking of uh, Ty Dillon, it just got announced that he will be running in the or attempting to make the Daytona 500 in the 96 car for Gaunt Brothers Racing. Hey. Uh, that will have some go figure that will have Bass Pro Shop sponsorship on it. Wonder how that Hey-o. happened. <laughs> Hey, Ty so, Dollar Sign Dilla. Hey, Dilla. I'm just so it's weird. That it's crazy though that he's going to be driving two different cars the same week. Like he's going to be driving that 2311 car for the Bush Clash, which for people who don't or whatever is it called the Bush Clash? I forget what it's yeah. actually called. Well, yeah, that's what back. we're calling it. All right, whatever. I mean, it's the road they, course race that used to be an oval race that was just like the hey, remember all these guys? They were really good last year. They're they're going to run a exhibition race more or less that was always fun well now they're running it on the road course and uh because Bubba Wallace didn't technically qualify for that Ty Dillon does so because he won a stage last year so Ty Dillon brings that even though he's not in a full-time ride they popped him into that car so they can get a little time on the track and get some testing out of the way uh with the 2311 and of course they want to win the race I mean he may be able to do that for all we know but right. at the very least they'll get some valuable seat time for him, but also more importantly, they get some time to see that car on the track and, and help trim it out because don't forget they're running the road course the week after Daytona as well. So that'll be good data for that team. Um, so anyway, just be thinking about all those uh, silly season deals we just talked about. I know oh, we yeah. talked a lot about Ty Dillon somehow, but you know, Kurt Busch might be his last year. He's kind of indicated that uh, Ryan Newman could be his final year as well. I think mm-hmm. he wants to go right. out with a bang, get one more victory probably, or, or at least, you know, a top five, something that really says, hey, I'm back and, and I overcame what happened at Daytona last year. And, you know, what a story he's had coming back from all that. So that'll, that'll be, you know, we wish him well in trying to do that. I think the bigger names clearly that you have to watch there, uh, Alex Bowman, you've yeah. got, like I said, Kurt Busch, but Brad and Martin Truex are the two guys that, I mean, that could be a big well, deal. Yeah, there's something I want to speak on about Alex Bowman. I was looking up uh, driver averages last night preparing for the fantasy draft, and he has only won at tracks that are no longer on the schedule under their current configuration. Oh, yeah. So he's won, he's won at Chicagoland, mm-hmm. and he's won at California. And both of those this <laughs> yeah. year will not be on the schedule. Uh, Chicagoland may never come back, but maybe California, depending on how far they delayed the – the the changing of the of the layout of the track, uh, it, he may get one more opportunity in twenty twenty two to race there before no, they do that. I don't think they are. I think they're already they're already. They're I think done. it's done. I think they're already tearing that thing up and yeah. working. I, I, I don't, mm. There's no way you're going to get that track done in time. I don't think without having already been working on it. So yeah, I mean that's uh, it, it. So 
it's a gamble with him. I mean, he's he's got the same crew chief. He's taken over the 48s equipment, um, which I'm sure they're going to, you know, if the, if they look at the, I don't think Greg's, Greg Ives is going to look at all the equipment that he made and produced it with his oversight and say, okay, 88 or Kyle Larson, you guys get to keep that now, rebrand it to five and, and have fun with that. We're taking over Jimmy Johnson stuff. I think he will take some of his chassis and some of his guys across to the 48. Um, and I think they'll have some, I mean, Alex Bowman finished sixth in the point standings last year. Six. Yeah, no, he had a really People good year. I, and I think he's going to be, I think he'll still be locked in with Hendrick. But just these are the guys whose names are out there or could be out there. And yeah, I, I'd expect MTJ will be back with Gibbs. I would expect, you know, Brad Kozlowski is really the one. You don't. You think, unless, oh, well, maybe he I, doesn't, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he just says I, it's time think, to move on. But I think Turex Jr. is one of those guys. He won his championship. He's got uh, the. The side of me that likes to joke will say that he just wants to go off and hunt and fish and be a you know maybe maybe he'll race a few races a year and I think he's he's ready to just settle down I think I mean I I don't I don't see as much of the competitive fire in him that I did a couple of years ago but also on the serious side his his longtime girlfriend uh, Sherry Pollux is is re battling her it's like her third or fourth bout with cancer yeah, I mean she's right. she she's a warrior and. I mean, maybe it's a good thing for them to have some distraction and some some things to not. I mean, if you're just sitting around and focusing on that illness, it can, you know, it's kind of like what we all experienced with the pandemic. That that weight of just what's going on is is, is someone I care about going to be okay? Um, maybe maybe you want the distraction. I don't know, but I just don't know if I could see him signing a three or four year deal. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it might he, just he's be in, he's ready he's to in that, move on. He's yeah. in that Dale Junior class. He's in that you know Kevin Harvick class. The the I mean he he's raced for a while and I just and he's see. made a, he's made a lot of money he has won a championship he has no doubt that he is one of the best drivers we've seen over the last twenty yeah. years so yeah well, you're mean, right look, it's 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 going to be interesting what happens with him and and if he decides to re up but you're right that that could be a seat that comes open with Gibbs you well, know and think about that not just not just with the guys that are free agents in the cup you're looking at Daniel Hemrick and Ty Gibbs mm-hmm. that are in the that are in JGR stable that maybe they make a run this year in Xfinity and it's hard to just like with Christopher Bell a couple of years ago, you're like, he needs a cup seat. Yeah. You well, know, and um, it, it's going to, it's going to be very interesting to watch on that, but that's, I think where we go with the cup series is what is Martin Truex jr. This year? What does it look like for him? Is he back to be in like a top four guy too? I mean, that's an, we're yeah. talking about these top four guys. I mean, we've mentioned, it feels like, you know, we mentioned Kyle Bush and, and, Brad and Denny and Joey last year, along with Chase Kislowski and, now you, and Chase yeah, and Harvick right. and MTJ. There's only four. That yeah, there's only four that can do it. Right. So I think that's that's going to be Bubba real. Wallace is going to be in the mix this year. We all know these things. I mean, these are things we know. So <laughs> the Bubba um, Wallace super fandom is strong and I love it. And oh, I'm here for it's, it's it. I'm, oh, here, I'm for here for it, it too. I mean, yeah. well, Michael here, Jordan has a stellar record of owning sports franchises and teams that excel at high levels. So <laughs> I think this is going to be a no brainer. Yes, easily. of course. Obviously. I mean, Charlotte Hornets have won so many championships. Yeah, I totally, I mean, you're totally right. Not, not to undo the Bobcats' great championship runs that they had. Well, hey, one them. of the best moves that Michael Jordan ever made was, was changing the name back to the Hornets. So. That's true. Well, it's good that the yeah. NBA let them do that. I agree with you on that. Um, so yeah, lots to keep an eye on with the good silly season. The Pelicans season. May let them do that. That's, all, that's nice. That's true. I like the Pelicans' name, by the way. I like Pelicans. I'm not going to lie. Pelicans, my guys. Pelicans Zion, Zion are... my guy. I like I like the whole deal. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to the ne- the new tracks that we have here because, Derek, there are a few new tracks on the 2021 schedule, and I think the one that's probably going to get as much headlines as anything is a track that is not new at all. It's just going to have a new surface, and that would be Bristol. 
Yeah. Well, the Bristol That's Dirt true. Race is coming up. So Bristol Dirt is, I think, the biggest I think everyone's going to be looking at that. And I think the war you're going to see at Bristol mm. is going to be the Kyle Larson, uh, the Christopher Bell. Yeah. Like some of these guys who have done dirt. Chase Briscoe has a dirt background. Like I think you are going to see some of you're going to see. But but I'm really thinking the Christopher Bell Kyle Larson thing is going to be a battle at Bristol. Oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to for that fight. I was just smacking my my fists together here. I'm I'm ready for that battle. If Bristol does not put on a battle. I'll be disappointed. And I, I'm telling you right now, uh, Christopher Bell, don't you let what Kyle Larson's been doing at the Chili Bowl happen at the cup level. If he starts to get beyond you, you knock his ass into the wall. That's what you do. <laughs> They're gonna do if that, you don't, yeah. I'm telling you, you Chad Kim and all your father-in-law is going to come out and he's got to check and see what, you know, where you're, he's got to check your man card, I guess. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I mean, you got to get out there and show these people a show first and foremost, but also, this is your chance to get into the the playoffs. Well, your, I bet he doesn't. A, I bet he doesn't look at it that way. I bet. I, he, know, I bet he, he looks nice, at it. He, he looks at it as if I finish, you know, top five there. That's just going to stack some points, and I'm going to be a guy who's yeah. going to be. He should be competitive at all these tracks, right, Christopher? Oh, I Bell know. And I'm, give, should be I'm giving him a. I'm giving him a hard time, but I mean, yeah, you were you were there at Waynesville when I met him. I took this amazing one of my favorite photos ever of him getting out of this dirt car, and it was so windy that night that. All through the night, there's just clouds of dust, even back in the pits, right? Yeah. And at the sun setting, and, it, and he looks like he's literally climbing out of this, like his car is almost on fire with dirt, and his guy's nameplate back there. It's a really awesome, cool pick. He was standing there by himself, just kind of like looking at something. And I said, Hey, I just walked by, Hey, Christopher, take a look at this photo I, I saw of you. Uh, thinking like maybe he might want me to send it to his PR guy. He's like, Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for taking it. Appreciate it. He's just very low key. Yeah, like, yeah. he's so, not. Yeah, I know. Busting his, his chops about his is he's, uh, he's not going to be over his skis on that. And but I guarantee you, having a chance to win the uh, first dirt race at Bristol uh, since what the World of Outlaws were there, like with the yep. you know with their you know sprint cars, like that's going to be a that's going to be a trophy and, that everyone is going to want. But especially the dirt guys, they're going to want to hang that up and just say, I don't care what the hell the rest of the season looks like for me. I won the dirt. I run the yeah. first cup race on dirt since what? The 60s, what 50s, yeah. whenever well, it was. It, it, 1970, I believe, was the last okay. one. But all right. I, so I'll over you, 50 years. Well, I mean, well, I'll, I'll that's tell you pretty this, big. I'll tell you this, though, too. I hope NASCAR pulls out the stops and brings all the living legends back for that race. Uh, you know, I hope COVID's gone by then and we can yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, barring, well, I guess it's in the spring, so it's probably not going to happen. It's going to be tough. Um, but, but I hope that they can do it or at least do some videos, tributes or something because, I, okay, I just bragged about meeting Christopher Bell and I'm going to brag about meet, meeting Richard Petty. Um, but when I met Richard Petty at his shop one day, who just happened to be there, he asked where we were from. And I said, oh, Columbus, Ohio. And he's, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, we used to race out of Dayton on the dirt track out there. You know, and he just started talking about dirt racing. And I'm like, holy crap. Richard yeah, Petty, man. Dirt, Richard racer. Petty, dirt racer. I forgot. He, yeah. Be, so all these guys, man, back in the day, it was dirt racer, beach racer, like racing right. on the beach, like Lee Petty. Right. I mean, this is this is a whole different deal back in the day. So, yeah, it's it's cool to see NASCAR going back to its roots. I am still. I like Bristol as just a, a, a regular track. So I didn't need the dirt thing, but I love dirt track racing. I don't know that NASCAR on dirt's good. I'm here for the spectacle, right? I'm, I'm excited. I said this earlier in the year that I was at first kind of poo-pooing it, and I know as we get closer to it, I'm going to get psyched for it. And now I have started to already do that, where in my head I'm going, oh, man, think about like Kyle Busch on dirt. 
Like, think about mm-hmm. how mad he gets when things are. And by the way, that's a dude who, you know, he can drive a race car, man. I, I'm looking forward. Look, Eric Almirola has been driving like a dirt modified. All these guys have been out there at the, just testing these cars, trying to getting get dirty. some experience. Yeah, man. So that is a really neat thing. I'm I'm getting more excited about it as we go. Uh, but that's not the only new track. We've got 1.3 mile Nashville Super Speedway, which is not the Nashville track everybody wants. They want the fairgrounds track eventually to come out, and it will. Uh, but in the meantime, they've got the Nashville Super Speedway fired back up. First time since 2011, the Cup guys are back there. We've, we've are they bringing back uh, the pastor? Oh the, the yeah, best location the, ever. Yeah, that's the boogity boogity boogity. Hey, my well, smoking I mean, hot wife. Yes, it, I hope they get that it, guy. It, it I think the they cadence. are. I think I heard they were bringing that guy back. Actually, yeah. So it's the cadence because I mean, uh, it, it's what it comes down to is the cadence. It's the thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the ralph shades performance that brings power and performance to the track i mean just it's one of those things like it just gets you going if you never sat in an old school like baptist church they could be telling you lots of stuff which sometimes maybe they are i don't know uh but you just get up and believe everything they say because of the cadence of it so i just love it because it's so much it it just set the tone that was one of the coolest invocations i've ever seen and it was nice to. If you look at the video, you get to see some people that have since passed Here, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna play it for you real quick. You gonna so play it? Here. Awesome. You remain standing for invocation delivered tonight by Joe Nels, pastor of Family Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said, "In all things, give thanks." So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. (laughs) There you go. That's the the invocation we wanted right there. Yeah, so... uh, Pretty cool stuff. Let's hope they can get that pastor name, by the way, I believe is Joe Nelms. So maybe yep. uh, Pastor Joe can get back out there, we hope. But yeah, oh, so I, I've, I've heard rumors that he is coming back. Yeah, that's what that's what we were just saying. I, I think yeah, he is. Think, so that'll is, be fun. So. Uh, also on the track this year, the new tracks, Circuit of the Americas, Coda. We have talked about that. We are excited for that. As we said earlier, a couple weeks ago, turn one of that race is going to be just insane. They go up a giant hill have perhaps the sharpest turn i think outside of sonoma and that that uh the the hair the the paperclip oh, turn at the end it, like, it's a, it's a tighter turn than that yeah you're right it is yeah so it's going to be it, watching that it's going to be great and speaking of road courses there's a lot of them on the circuit this year road america is on the circuit that is july 4th weekend by the way so mm-hmm. hell yeah to that i love road america yeah. uh indianapolis motor speedway is no longer the oval they are not doing that anymore the brickyard 400 will not i don't know what they're going to call it i haven't seen what they're actually calling it yet but it's going to be the, the road mike course now pence 400 <laughs> sure let's get old mike pence out there he's i heard he's not busy now he's got a lot yeah. of time on his hands so <laughs> yeah uh but the road course that's what they're going to be doing. and that's a double header with indycar 
So that like it was last year where they did the Brickyard and the IndyCar GP, but now both races will be on uh, the road course. So that I, I believe, and I haven't even talked about this, but we need to have a rating system for, for races or events of the year. Um, that's up I think there, we should do this every every preview race. This is this is definitely uh, reaches our get your ass to the track. Oh yeah, uh, level that's, of the event. Yeah, so this that is, is that is a get your ass uh, to the track GP for sure. And the road course for NASCAR on the Indy, uh, the IMS road course. That's a get your ass to the track uh, weekend. Uh, that's a get get your ass to the track. Get it We got to work on the name. It's to It's anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those for sure. Um, now, yeah. the tracks that are losing dates because of all this change, Chicagoland, gone. Kentucky, gone. Indy Oval, as we talked about, gone. Charlotte is losing the All-Star race. That goes to Texas. California, like we said, does not have a race. That's because of COVID, uh, not necessarily because they wanted to reconfigure the track, but now that work can begin if they want to. Uh, Michigan is only getting one race. Dover is only getting one race. And, of course, Bristol, the regular Bristol configuration only getting one race not two so yeah man it's a it's a different year in NASCAR for sure and as we talk about those road courses that's going to have some bearing when it comes to uh the drivers who are going to have better seasons think about all the guys who are good on road courses that you know uh there are younger drivers coming into the series we'll talk about like a Chase Briscoe who was excellent on road courses in Xfinity now that guy he's going to have a shot he's going to have a Cole Custer type shot to get in there and possibly win a race man if if things go his way obviously it's a cup car it's a lot different but yeah the road course is gonna add a whole new wrinkle this year and, and i love road course racing so sign us up for that I've, i'm a big fan of all that yeah I, I i am ecstatic that we've done this the only thing that makes me hopeful for more of this is i want to go to montreal i want us to race up there that would be amazing You're talking about uh, the uh, canadian tire motorplex yeah, that canadian tire that's circuit circuit villeneuve Oh, you want them to go yeah. on the F1 course. I see. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> All right. That, well, that that might be down the road. But you know what? They're getting into so many well, road they, courses. The maybe Xfinity they go. Xfinity guys were up there. Xfinity used yeah, to run up there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I'm saying maybe, I, I they, maybe, maybe they'll go back up there. Uh, maybe they'll take I the Cup guys I obviously want there. them to go to Mid-Ohio because I'm, you know, we're 20. We, lo- we love Mid-Ohio. 50, 50 minutes from the, road, from, the highway, blah, from the road course up there. But lastly, I want them to parlay these indycar nascar doubleheaders and i want to see them at long beach or st pete <laughs> i i want to know i want to know do how it a the stock weekend car after or the weekend before man so you uh, do it the weekend after the weekend heavy before, so you just stock leave the course up for the weekend yeah i mean you'd have to do something Put like lights that. up and run it on a wednesday night well Even you better. know by the way if they want to do doubleheader weekends with indycar and nascar IndyCar is running the road course, a street course in Nashville. So maybe at some point down the road, maybe they do an IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader weekend where the cup guys go run on the oval and then the IndyCar guys are running on the streets. The the Chamber of Commerce will not allow all these bachelorette parties to be disturbed. They're only letting one weekend a year happen. What do we call that? Uh, (laughs) IndyCar in the streets, low downforce in the sheets. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, the point is, yeah, there's 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 symmetry to be made for sure. There's some crossover oh, variables there. What, hey, okay, wait, wait, it's a NASCAR preview, but what IndyCar driver do you think would just have the best of times uh, uh, talking to all the bachelorette party attendants? Oh gosh, I uh, my my get like someone who might be coming up there going, hey hey, what's up? How you doing? 
My oh man, Santino I, Ferrucci. Yeah, I think Santino <laughs> would probably. Yeah, I, I don't think that'd be too hard as well. So I, I thought know. you were going to ask me which IndyCar driver would I like to see like switch over to NASCAR or which one would have a nice transition. I'll tell you, man, Joseph Newgarden would be an excellent choice. I think for someone to oh, put in a yeah. in a Cup ride. I'm surprised. I don't know. Maybe if he already has he had a Penske him. connection. <laughs> right. Maybe that could happen. Maybe it could. Who knows? Um, all right. So let's talk more about the Cup Series. Uh, one last thing here, and then we'll we'll switch gears and actually talk about all the changes from the driver lineups and all that. We'll get you all caught up on that. But one other thing that is changing this year, in I think a good way, and is coming back, qualifying and practice are coming back for some of these yes. tracks. Now. I think they I think they benefited in some ways from not having to do that. I don't think you have to do it at every track, but I like what they've done here and said for some of our marquee events and for some of our new events, we're going to have practice. We want to see what we want these guys to have some setup and and I think that's going to be a big deal. So, here are the ones they're doing. Daytona 500, qualifying and practice as normal like we always have seen it. That's still happening. You are literally going you're going to have single car runs, you're going to have, you know, the 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 uh, what am I why am I blanking on words what? you're gonna have the duels you're gonna have the duels okay. you're gonna have all the way you normally qualify for the Daytona 500 so that's all still gonna happen like normal uh, then March 28th Bristol Motor Speedway the dirt race that's gonna have practice and qualifying of course because they've not done this in a long long time with these cup cars so of course they're gonna need some practice there Coda which we talked about that's May 23rd Circuit of the Americas you're gonna want to test on that road course for sure. Uh, the Coke 600, I'm guessing just because it's a big-time event, not necessarily because they're not familiar with the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But, yeah, that they're going to test and practice for that. Nashville will get practice and qualifying. Road America will get practice and qualifying. And the Indy Road Course will get practice and qualifying. Then you won't get any more practice and qualifying all the way up until the finale at Phoenix. So, uh, But you will have it there. So that's, that's going to be the races where you actually will get yeah. practice and qualifying runs. So... So some of those will be on TV, I'm quite sure. I think a lot of them with NBC, whenever they take over, I'm sure a lot of that will be on Peacock. But we'll see what Fox does with it because they've got the first half of the schedule. So we'll hopefully uh, get to see some of that stuff put on, you know, FS1, FS2, FS something, and we'll get to watch it. So, But I'm looking (laughs) forward to having it back. And I would think that benefits guys like Kyle Busch who just, you know, he seems to like like target Kyle Busch at Charlotte Motor Speedway, target Kyle Busch at Nashville, you know, guys that – and, and and that do well with that extra testing, I think, especially him on the one and a half milers on the, you know, those type of tracks, that's where his, and he's as good as anyone, give him some practice and qualifying and see what he does. Well, something else too, in, in that same vein, I would say target, or, or, you know, if you're doing daily fantasy or something like that, look at Kyle Larson in those spots, because I, now I've not heard the updates uh, of if this, if he got it rescinded. But he's only been doing dirt stuff. He can't even do iRacing sim. Now, since he's signed with Hendrick back in October, November. Well, he doesn't need to, do sure he doesn't need to jump he's, on I'm sure he's hopped on the sims. At, they've got at actual, yeah, they've got sims that are a little bit better right. even but than my, iRacing. My there, point yeah. is, though, is that he's probably going to uh, enjoy having that extra seat time, or like basically refamiliarizing himself yeah, with a stock car on a road course. Uh, not by Phoenix. He'll be fine by then, obviously. But like these earlier races... I think it's going to be beneficial. Oh, like he'll if, be, I guarantee you. If Larson yes. struggles out of the gate, I think on those weekends, it's going to be good for him to get that extra seat time, and you may see him jump from where he's 
his form his form may change to the for the better on those weekends like yeah. Kyle Bush. We will uh we will take a break when we come back. We will talk about Kyle Larson. We will talk about Bubba Wallace and all the other drivers who have moved around or in new rides for 2021. We'll get you all caught up on that info and uh, continue our NASCAR Cup Series preview for 2021 right here on the Stagger Podcast. Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. So we have a ton of driver changes, some new teams, crew chiefs moving around, a lot of movement coming into 2021, and you're going to want to know where all these drivers are. So we're going to talk about that and uh, get you keep get you all the info you need for this 2021 season. So uh, Derek, I don't know if you've heard, but this guy Bubba Wallace had a pretty big year last year, and oh, yeah. uh, now he's he's having a pretty big year to start this year. Let's talk about his new team, Bubba Wallace and the 2311 racing team. Oh, yeah. The man from Alabama, but via North Carolina, Bubba Wallace, is joining the number 23. This is going to be a little confusing at first. The number 23, 2311 racing, Toyota, <laughs> uh, from uh, the new team that's been formed by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. Uh, so this is going to be an exciting venture because not only do you have Denny Hamlin, one of the best active drivers becoming an owner. This kind of harkens back to the old days when Daryl Waltrip owned his own team, Alan Kowicki owned his own team. Now, you know, obviously, Richard Petty owned his own team. So now you're getting back to a chance where maybe Denny Hamlin may find his way driving for himself one day. Uh, so that's a cool factor. But also, too, you get, I would say, maybe outside of a, a footballer like Ronaldo or Messi or Pele, I mean, Michael Jordan is the most, I would say, the world's most famous athlete especially to people over the age of 25. Yeah, um, of course. So, yeah, so you have him now stepping into NASCAR, investing in the sport. I, I don't see how this can't be a plus. Uh, from a marketing side, they've already sold their inventory out for the year. They had more interest in sponsorship than they did uh, races that they could sell sponsorship for. So that that is, <laughs> is that uh, a good is that a good thing in NASCAR? In oh, I, think, I think that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but what that does to me is I think that tells you right there um, it shows you uh, the power of Michael Jordan and the the marketing team that they've assembled, but also the marketing power of Bubba Wallace. And in 2021, companies are more apt to stand with drivers and stand with athletes who speak their mind. And Bubba Wallace speaks his mind, but also drives really fast has won six uh, NASCAR National Series races, uh, driving in Xfinity and trucks. And I think this is the year. He even said in, a, in an article I read uh, a few weeks ago that he is, he is not even being cautiously optimistic. He's almost doing a Babe Ruth moment and saying he expects two wins. Two wins this year. Yeah, that's a – I mean, well, that's that's a, I was going to say, the expectations are high. I wonder what that does for him as far as the pressure because these guys put tons of pressure on themselves. When yeah. you get up to the cup level, you're, you're putting that pressure on you. But, you know, think about oh, yeah. where, where his season went last year. We know we know about all the stuff with um, – you know, and we stand with him, right? Black Lives yeah. Matter, driving that car. Absolutely. The uh, situation at Talladega that looked pretty bad. It turned out not to be the, the thing we thought it was, but still weird. Uh, just yeah. just a just a really weird year for him in that way. But also, don't forget, this is the guy who rage quit the <laughs> iRacing thing. And was it was it Blue Emu or someone like maybe maybe I'm wrong. It wasn't Blue Emu. Yeah. It was one of those. No, it, was, sponsors. it was Blue Emu. That was an online iRacing sponsor. That and they had were like, we don't, with- we're, don't tolerate. Blah. And then he comes back to the track in 21 with DoorDash and Dr. Pepper and, and Roots, Root Insurance. And, and like, McDon- yeah. like he's got everybody sponsoring him now. So yeah. it's like, yeah, sorry, Blue Emu. I guess you, 
guess you read that one wrong slightly. You well, might have misjudged Bubba Wallace, I think. Right. And that whole thing, too, was hilarious because in that iRacing, gosh, that seems like ancient history, but that was, you know, that was uh, like 10 months ago. Uh, that's the only recent, or back in March, I guess, of last year, that's the only racing we had was them every Sunday or Wednesday showing yeah. up at a track online on iRacing and sim racing. And it was covered on Fox with commentators. Jeff. Gordon. Oh yeah, because all they had, they had, they had to do something. <laughs> all they had, right? Right. Um, and in those iRacing rules, once you wreck twice, you're done. You can't drive around and collect laps or collect points. And there's no, there's no sitting on the pit box and watching the race or sitting yeah, in your holler. Of course, it's a virtual setting. Of course, you're going to just say, "Well, this is done. I'm, I'm out of here. See you later." Yeah. And, and of course, I mean, this is the biggest thing I've noticed with Bubba Wallace, and we're going to move on to other drivers for sure. I've seen him race. I see him. He won in Columbus Motor Speedway, a track that's no longer around. And he run, he won in the K&N Series. I saw him race there. I met him at Joe Gibbs Racing Shop at one of the meet and greets before Charlotte Race Weekend uh, back in when he drove Xfinity for them. This is the thing about Bubba Wallace is he was very popular. He, I'll go out and just on a limb and say that I believe that he was the guy that a lot of people said, see, we're not racist. We have, we've got an African-American driver. See, see, move on. And then as long as he didn't worry about uh, – as long as he didn't speak up about anything, right? NASCAR, NASCAR community, the fans at large, were fine with it. But then there was this you know, this kind of line that was drawn in the sand when he said Black Lives Matter and Richard Petty put it on his car. Mm-hmm. That made a lot of people have start to have a problem with it. And I think therein lies the issue that there's still a lot of growth in the sport as we're going to be talking about the next driver next uh, that, that's on our list. There's a lot of growth in the sport that needs to happen – but it's happening. Yeah, and Michael it is. Jordan it, well, himself you know said he would not have been in this sport as it would it not for Bubba Wallace speaking up over the summer last year. Mm-hmm. So, sure. uh, so I think I, we stand with Bubba Wallace. We stand with we black. Do. We stand with Black Lives Matter, and we believe that that all lives can't matter until Black Lives Matter. That's and, right. And that's the social aspect of this. But the racing aspect of this is this guy's a, a hell of a driver. He's been in underfunded equipment and slower equipment with RPM. They just haven't had the uh, tools outside of super speedways to compete well so now he's got a chance to have toyota factory backing and i he's gonna have the same engines as joe gibbs racing he's got trd engines under the hood top tier engines this is a chance for him to shine and and he's even said too you talked about the pressure he said uh on uh, the dale jr download i believe it was when they interviewed him is that hey if if i'm in great equipment and i can't win i'll just go do something else like I mean, that's pretty. I don't think yeah. he'll just quit after one year. No, no, if he no. Get a but, but I think I, I mean, think his point is it's top equipment. Yeah, yeah. And they hire a second driver, and that second driver outperforms him. I think he'll see the writing on the wall, and he'll be fine. I mean, how, how many races, NASCAR races, have you competed in again? I, I forget. Uh, I mean, I've I've done none. So yeah, I mean, well, but that doesn't so, mean we can't judge performance. I mean, I've oh, never I've never had a, I've never cooked at a McDonald's, but I know when they get my food wrong. I mean, my point is, yes, you don't have to right. be a NASCAR driver to know when a guy's good or not. And Bubba Wallace, I think, is good. And one thing I'll add to that when you're talking about his equipment and how he's in top tier equipment, people have been bringing up, okay, they bought this charter from Jermaine Racing. Obviously, we know about the relationship that happened with Levine Family Racing uh, and Joe Gibbs. There's a similar type of relationship here because obviously Denny Hamlin is involved. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, if it'll, I don't think it's going to be the same as Levine Family Racing because of the money involved, right? No offense to Bob Levine or any of these other people. They don't have the money that Michael Jordan has. You know, they're not billionaires. Or the connections or the B2B. Well, right. Because Denny has the connections from all the, Denny can walk into that shop instantly and be like, this is bullshit. What are you guys doing? This is not right. Michael right. Jordan can walk into that office and say, what did you need to buy? 
yeah, let me know where the check needs to go. And Bubba can come in as a driver and say, this is something that I know worked well in my experience. I need this to be. So they've got a lot of components going in that I don't think the Levine family or, you know, some of the other, you know, teams before them, no offense to them, had. So this is going to be a different uh, resource. But one thing on that level, uh, they have their own Hawkeye system. Did you know that? 2311. The Hawkeye system, for people who don't know, is the NASCAR laser scanner that they use at the track when they go do testing they put all the dots on the car they put the covers on the wheels they roll them through tech when they go through tech and you hear that they failed technical inspection that's when they go through the scanner and it literally measures you know millimeters of of degrees of Mm -hmm. whatever to know if the car is right or not so having one of those at your facility is a huge advantage because as we know all these guys are trying to cheat (laughs) every good team is trying to find an advantage there's no other way to say it than that and there's a reason why you hear about like Gibbs cars. Oh man, they failed inspection. Well, that's not because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They knew exactly what the hell they were doing and they were trying to push the boundaries and they ran their cheats. <laughs> they ran their scams. They ran their little things. They're trying to get by. They ran that through their Hawkeye system first at Gibbs. And then they brought it to the track and NASCAR caught it. That's what is going on. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not mad about that. What I'm telling you is that's how the sport works. So when you have one of those at your facility, that allows you to do the same thing that Gibbs is doing. And in fact, they were talking about this. Uh, Mike Wheeler, I think, is the crew chief, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Wheeler was saying we wanted to have our Hawkeye system installed prior to Daytona. But because of COVID, we haven't had that up yet. We just got it installed. I think they just got it installed. And there were pictures of it online this week. Of like, okay. here, here's our car in the Hawkeye. So they have that. Like, I'm just, I'm saying, I can guarantee you, like, we have talked to some teams that are smaller teams. They don't have that. They don't even yeah. have access to one, let alone like, to, I mean, at least they can roll Bubba's car. They rolled those cars before they shipped them to Daytona. They took them over to Gibbs and rolled them through. They're going to have that in their own facility is what I'm saying. Right. So yeah, this is, this is the level of behind the scenes. If you're wondering well, what makes it different. 2311 racing perhaps than some of these other teams well that's what makes it different having that system there things like that having the things that the top tier teams have denny hamlin knows what gibbs has and isn't going to let 2311 get by with not having it if they can afford to do it and if it's something they believe is valuable absolutely i got one other thing i know we got to move on to other other topics here um but the b2b opportunity on the marketing side for Michael Jordan for people who don't know business yeah. to business. You're saying business advertising business, stuff yeah. like that, right? So I guarantee if you go to the Charlotte Bobcats Arena in the fall of next year, whenever Charlotte fans are allowed to back in, Char- what did I say? Bobcats, Bobcats. <laughs> See, yeah. yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, Charlotte Hornets Arena. If you go there in Charlotte, you mean to tell me they're not going to be serving Dr Pepper? You mean to tell me they're not going to be having root insurance on the Megatron? You're not going to be having McDonald's advertisements along there's, there? There's there's opportunities. There's opportunities where, yes, there's opportunities for you to say. Hey, we can get you this buy-in, these many races with 2311. And by the way, the Charlotte Hornets are also looking for a insurance official insurance provider. Root Insurance, would you like to talk to us about that? And Jordan can be the link between both those organizations. Of yeah, especially if they see through. that so, it's profitable to work with Michael Jordan and with this yeah. endeavor. This is something and I've seen this with Major League Soccer, which you and I are fans of, where you see teams or or uh sponsors come in and they initially just start off as a sponsor with you know, a team or with MLS, and then suddenly that goes well for them, and then they say, we're going to expand and advertise with other forms. So yeah, the, the point is, 
Michael Jordan is now another gateway into NASCAR for people and sponsors who normally may not think about advertising with NASCAR, and that is because of the work Bubba Wallace did on and off the track last year, the work Denny Hamlin has done to bring this team together, and of course, Michael Jordan being invested. And as we talked about earlier, Michael Jordan owned motorcycle racing teams back in the day, so he's not new to the idea of what it takes to fund a team, what it takes to win, being competitive. Mm. Like, you don't think Michael Jordan's going to want to win races? Forget about all the pressure we talked about with Bubba Wallace and Denny Hamlin wanting to win and all that stuff. You don't think Michael Jordan wants to win? Of course he does. These guys all do. Like he is not going to be content to run around 15th and barely make the, you know, playoffs. Like that's a goal I'm sure is to get to the playoffs, but it ain't the end game. And so you're right. It's, it's just going to be at another level. And all the last thing we'll bring up on Bubba Wallace and we'll move on, man, think about how many die casts they will sell. If, there's ever a Jordan shoe car. Like oh, if they yeah. ever do any type of Jordan like sponsorship on the car, that will be one of the hottest diecasts ever to be produced. And it will <laughs> it will be incredible for sure. And the, oh, by yeah. the way, they should ship it out in a shoe box. Yeah. Don't ship it out in the regular Lionel whatever. Like put it in a shoe box with all the stuff around it. That would be like a collector's box would be awesome. Um, all right. Speaking of guys who had trouble on iRacing last year, uh, <laughs> let's go to Kyle Larson. Uh, he is uh, no longer with the 42 Chip Ganassi racing uh, ride that he had last year. He was there for four races, and then uh, he had a, you know, there's no other way to say it. He dropped the in-bomb on an iRacing event. That got him fired and kicked out of the sport. And uh, what he did after that was he went around all over the country and won just about every race you can on the dirt circuits and uh, did some, you know, rehabilitation of his image and said that he has learned from all of this. And, and, you know, I don't know whether to believe him or not. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what the guy's heart is. There's no way for us to know stuff like that. What we do know is this, the guy dropped an N word, got fired from his job and ended up with one of the top rides in the garage. He's driving the number five Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet uh, basically they are more or less doing away with the 88 that, that, yep. that team is the Dale that will always be from, you know, Al, even though Alex Bowman drove it now, that's basically going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s number for the rest of our, as far as we can remember, uh, the number five car coming back long history with Hendrick with that number five car. Um, so this, this is it, man. I mean, Kyle Larson is back in the sport. We have to reckon with that, whether you like him or don't whether you're rooting for his turnaround story or not, he's in the sport and he's going to be a factor and he is going to be one of the better drivers out there. Uh, Don't forget before last year uh, in 2019, he was having one of his better seasons. He was, you know, up there in contention for a lot of races. He was, you know, finishing second a few times, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson was having himself a year in 2019 and people thought in 2020, it was going to be a lot of the same. And uh, now he's got to go back and start to rebuild that, but couldn't be doing it with much better equipment than this. So on the track, Derek, what do you expect out of Kyle Larson this year? I, wow, I don't know what happened to my voice there. Uh, I expect him to come back with a, a a kind of racing that I believe he he left a lot on the table with Chip Ganassi. I feel. Yeah, um, he did. I think he did. I think he has immense talent. He's going to come back at a time when Hendrick is on the upswing. Uh, they, you know, as an organization for a while, they were Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr., and this upstart Chase Elliott. 
Now it's completely flipped to where Chase Elliott is the king over there, followed by the, I guess, upstart. I wouldn't call Alex Bowman an upstart, but he's, you know, the the second driver, William, By- William Byron. And now Kyle Larson has to sit there and say, I can easily jump up to be the the, the driver right below Kyle, uh, or sorry, Chase, Chase Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think he's got a chance to to definitely click off a lot of top tens. Um, he's going to have great equipment. Um, what he needs to do, I think, is just focus on racing. Um, I'm talking about on the track stuff, uh, and I think he'll be he'll find success there. Off the track, what he needs to do is he needs to continue the conversation. If he continues the conversation and is a bridge to people that need to know that there's a bridge to to better racial relationships and and inequality that needs to be spoken about if he if he becomes he doesn't even need to go like super woke on people if he just continues the conversation owns what he did and moves on he's going to get the respect of guys like you and me and he's going to he's already got our respect on the track so i mean i think there's a way for kyle larson to bounce back in 2021 and and put this behind him but to fully put it behind him he's got to continue the conversation and and be a part of the change that's needed for a lot of people yeah. uh, in our country and our society i will say this though no one should give him any passes and no one should be easy on him um no. i do not feel the pity that some people do for this guy i yeah. was and for people who don't know i've said this before on this podcast kyle larson was my guy we were watching him before he even got to the cup series watching him in dirt races I've always been impressed with this guy. He's he he was my favorite driver. I had helmets, diecast, t-shirt, you name it. I had it, man. I was I was a huge fan. I was invested. Threw it all out, got rid of it all after that last year. I got burned by that. I don't I don't care that it was a joke. I don't care that he said it once. But my point is this people can change. You know, people can can certainly be better, and hopefully he is and will be better. Um, that doesn't mean I have to root for him, though. That's the other side of that. People bring that up like, what you don't want to see this guy get a second chance? No, he can get all the chances he wants. Doesn't mean I have to root for him. This is this is supposed to be fun for me. And for me, it's not fun to root for Kyle Larson anymore. So, you know, I don't know that it ever will be for me to root for him. Um, but I'm not invested in his turnaround story, quite honestly, because I've already heard some of the things he said coming back to the track. One of the things he said, and he caught himself in the interview, but he said, uh, you know, last year in some ways was like the best year for me. And then he said, well, not, no, it wasn't the best. It was obviously horrible what I did. Mm. But, but he was saying how like, he got to refocus on just, you know, racing and going back to the dirt stuff and really refocus on who he was as a person and yada, yada, yada. And it's, I just think about all the people in life who have had something happen where they don't get a second chance, where they didn't do something nearly as egregious as egregious as he did. And more than that, I think about people like we just talked about Bubba Wallace being the only black driver in the sport. How many guys have not had a chance to get into one of the rides Kyle Larson has been in. Now he gets kicked out of the sport for saying that and he fails up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just pointing out that that's something we have to keep in mind here is that I don't don't feel bad for Kyle Larson. If he wrecks yeah. every race, if he wins every race, do not feel bad for this guy. He sold a multi-million dollar property to fund his racing last year. He didn't sell his house to put food on the table. You know what I'm saying? Like the guy is going to be all right, whether it works out at Hendrick or not. So I will try to not bring this stuff up every time we talk about Kyle Larson. I will try to just focus on the track. I'll say this, though. Um, I don't think NASCAR wants to – I'm not saying they're going to do anything about it. He's in the sport. He's allowed to be there, all that. I don't think Kyle Larson and NASCAR, I don't think they want to see him win the Daytona 500. I don't think they really care about him winning any other race, but – if the storyline coming out of Daytona less than a year after his issue is that he won the Daytona 500, some people will view that as redemption. 
I certainly won't. And I yeah. think and I think that could be a bad optic for NASCAR uh, if he goes out and, and wins the Daytona 500 after this sport spent all last year talking about how there's diversity and the sport is changing. And then it's like, hey, who won the Daytona 500? The only race that the non-NASCAR crowd pays attention to. And they're going to say, oh, the guy who got fired last year for saying the N-word, they won't know about his redemption story. They won't know how talented he is. They won't know about any of that. They'll just they say NASCAR hasn't changed. Yeah. And they, that's they that's and NASCAR their... took that on. They could have kept him suspended. Uh, Rick Hendrick could have not hired him, but they all chose to do this. So as much as NASCAR's made some strides, this is the other side of that. You are now at the risk that if he wins the Daytona 500, the story becomes the guy who said the N-word won the Daytona 500. NASCAR's not changed. And that's wrong, but it... People live in headlines. They don't live in real. They don't sometimes live in what actually is going right. on. So this is the reality that you're dealing with. Perception is going to be a big factor here. So for Kyle Larson, and I think for the sports sake, it'd be better if he just ran at the back and finished tenth or something. I, if he wins the Daytona 500, I don't think that's as good of a thing as some people might think it is. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's, and I think the my last word on it is that those people that would, would see that headline would not go and find the YouTube video of James Brown of CBS interviewing and have a sit down with Kyle Larson and the charity organization that he worked with in inner city, Philadelphia. Sure. They wouldn't have sure. that conversation. They, or they wouldn't see that. They would just see the headline from April or the, the, the video from yeah. April yeah. headline from that. So, so I think that's why it comes back to, again, Kyle Larson should continue the conversation because that's how you stay in front of this. That's how you, that's the right thing to do. Forget the money, forget the marketing, forget all that stuff too. But it does make sense. If you want to attract big time sponsors, own up to your mistake and continue that conversation and be one of the, be right there with Bubba Wallace and talking about equality for all. Honestly. Yeah. And, and that's how you, that's how you. Well, I'll really tell you, can, here's how you'll know if it's real for Kyle Larson. Here's how you'll know if it's real. If he wins some races, he gets back to being a star and people move on from this storyline if you hear about him then, two years from now, still doing stuff in inner city Philadelphia, if you hear about him then talking about launching new diversity initiatives, then we'll know it's real with him. And yeah, that's yeah. an un you might say that's unfair to put that on him, but uh, I don't know of any other driver that was caught saying the N-word on camera or on on <laughs> on a, on an iRacing thing, on the audio. Where in it was 2020. Clearly, well, right, in any time, Not but like especially 2020. Yeah, yeah, right, like, right. Gosh, I'm saying if, if some, if current drivers up, right now in yeah. the sport is what I'm talking about. So... That's where you'll know if it's real or not. If in two years he's back and everybody's kind of moved on from this and you don't hear any more about any of that stuff and he's not really doing that stuff anymore, that'll tell you something too. So just keep an eye on that for Larson. But as far as on the track, he'll be a factor and I expect him to make the playoffs. If he doesn't, it's a massive disappointment because that's right. the equipment he's in, the talent he has. There's no other way to slice it. You miss the that playoffs in that five car, then yeah. honestly, most other drivers would be fired for that. Because that car finished sixth last year in the standings. <laughs> It did. So yeah. you, you got to find a way. Speaking of, Alex Bowman drove that number 88, now the five car. Uh, now that is the 48 team that he is technically moving to. I know that for some people, they may look at like, so what, do they just slap a different decal on it? In some ways, yes. Um, you know, this uh, Greg Ives, his crew chief, joins him now in moving to the 48 team. But inside the structure of Hendrick, like, there is something going on there. That is a change. They are, you know, dealing with some different people and some different uh, things that they're going to do. But it's a big responsibility to go from that 88 car to the 48. I do find it yeah. odd that of the two numbers they decided to change the legacy on, the 88 was the one where they're like, let's put that one away. Let's keep the 48 going. The seven-time champion, we're not going to retire his number, more or less. We are going to retire Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s number. I find that interesting. I know they're not retiring it technically, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is... well. 
they're bringing so that number was that 88 was a junior number not really even a hendrick number yeah you know they made that true. number up because Teresa earnhardt wouldn't wouldn't relinquish the eight yeah from dei right. so they're like well let's do it 88 um so they're keeping that hendrick equity in there with the 48 also that too they're keeping the ally q rating up because the ally yeah, allies, allies stayed with them yeah yeah allies stay with them so now and they've they've assumed alex bowman as their sponsor so i i think it just makes sense for for hendrick to, to do that and bring back the five that's a Hendrick number is that five is that Mark Martin number dates way back to the beginning of, of Hendrick Motorsports. So I think it's cool what they're doing. And, you know, I, I you have to pick a number and I'm, I'm with them on the 48 decision. It makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bowman for sure has got expectations that are raised here. And I think, like you said, he might've flown under the radar for radar for some NASCAR fans, knowing that he finished in the top six of uh, the final standings when it comes to the playoffs. But the reality is the car was clearly one of the better cars all last year. He was a top 10 ride all last year and, and someone who was clearly a, and established himself as a driver. Now, can he take that next level and not just be a, you know, a top 10 car again? I'm not even saying he has to finish where he did or better last year, right? There's not a lot of room to move up from there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we just said, there's there's only four spots at the top, and we've already named some of the guys who didn't make it, like Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr., you know, Kevin Harvick. Those guys are all going to be fighting to get back up there. So he's going to have plenty of competition for that. Does he join that echelon? Or also, uh, is it something where Alex Bowman, even if he's still not there yet, but he's a top 10 driver, he's in the playoffs clearly, if he's winning multiple, do you think this is the year where he breaks through and wins multiple races this year? I, th I think it's a possibility. Um, well, I know it's a possibility. Gonna, what do you? Th I'm asking you. What do you think? Do you think he yes. will? You think he yes, will? I, all right. All right. Yes, I think he will. I think he will win uh, a plate track, and I think he will win a road course. Oh, all right. I like it. Yeah, I could see. I, I actually, I, I think he's going to be good at the mile and a half too. I think he's. Yeah. He'll, oh yeah. He's, I mean, that's his, bre his bread and butter. Yeah. So I, I. But yes, if he wins, if he wins on a road course, then for sure, then he's he's stepping up, and he is he's pretty good on the road courses too. So. Yeah, Alex Bowman is a driver to watch this year for sure, moving into that 48. It's just going to be weird for the first time in what's going to seem like 20 years. I mean, it's what? How long was Jimmy in that ride? 16, 17 years? I mean, uh, yeah. see that 48 <laughs> car and not see Jimmy Johnson in it. At least it's not the Lowe's sponsorship. Like, that would even be weirder, right? The fact that it changed to Ally the last couple of years, like, at least that gave us some time to get used to that. But yeah. still, seeing the 48 out there and it's not Jimmy Johnson is, is going to be bizarre. And uh, we haven't talked about that much, but that's one of the other legacies coming out of 2020 that's different. Uh, another one that is changing, Christopher Bell now ascends to the ride that we all assumed he was going to get eventually. He spent one year in the number 95, Levine Family Racing Toyota. That team has gone away because when you partnership with Joe Gibbs, somehow your team just implodes because <laughs> it's apparently very expensive <laughs> to do to that. It happened to Barney Visser. It happened to Bob Levine. Uh, Michael Jordan's name doesn't start with the B, so I think we're right. Okay. I think yeah, I think Michael Jordan will be all right. I think he'll be yeah. the one who breaks that stigma. But the number twenty Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota that is now Christopher Bell's car. No longer is Eric Jones in that. We'll talk about where he went in a second. But uh, that car made the playoffs two of the past three seasons. Clearly, the expectation for Christopher Bell is you got to make the playoffs in that car. Uh, I would say the same type of thing with a Kyle Larson. The equipment that you're in. Uh, it, there's no excuse, right? You, you, if you're Christopher Bell, you got to take a step up from last year. And it was, his, you know, it was his rookie year. It was not the same being in Levine family racing with a partnership is not the same as being in a Gibbs Toyota. Now he's got to go make that happen. And I think he will. I think he'll be a playoff driver this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, 
Uh, he's going to win a race this year too. Um, hmm. I think right. he's going to. I think he's going to win Bristol. Calling it Bristol Dirt. Yes, sir. Moving, uh, moving Larson out of the way at the final. I'll tell you this, man. You're right. When you said that earlier about you know, you got to figure it out. Like I think when he's at the Chili Bowl. He wants, you know, that guy's he's won that race. He's he wants to win it clean. When and and when you're racing in sprint cars and all that stuff, like he knows he's one of the best sprint car drivers in the world. One of the best we've ever seen. And if you've never right. seen Christopher Bell at a sprint car race, like get your ass to the track. If you find out like if you live in Ohio like we do and Ohio Sprint Speed Weeks coming up in the summer and Christopher Bell announces he's going to run three races, go to one of them and watch him drive a sprint car that he's probably never ridden in. To right. like the top of the heap in like two laps. So just he's incredible. But mm. I think that changes your mindset of I want to win clean. I don't want to bump anybody. I don't need to. I'm better than that. I can win these races clean. When you're in the cup series, they're going to move your ass out of the way. And yeah. at a dirt track like that between him and if it comes down to him and Larson with two to go and they're door to door, I fully expect Christopher Bell to use the chrome horn or whatever he's got to do to get to the front because that's that's how you win in NASCAR, man. Sorry, you just have to do that yeah. sometimes. So for a guy like that, I know that he's going to think, no, I can win clean, and I don't blame him for that. But you get in a dirt race like that, you got to make it out. Like I said, it's going to be a war. I fully expect him and Larson yeah. to have a be- a big battle in that race because I think they're going to be top three in for most yeah. of the day. So If Eddie Gossage had the uh, marketing for Bristol, he would have banners on that last Coliseum <laughs> yeah. with with one big banner of Larson side profile looking at Bell side profile looking at Larson mm-hmm. with, uh, with the trophy with the trophy in between. I mean, it, it, and, I mean, and that'll the, rub uh, some drivers the wrong way. But the reality is, you put a dirt race on the schedule, and you don't think the two of the best dirt racers are going to be the featured attraction. Of course they are. Like yeah, Christopher I mean, Bell, Kyle the, Larson is, is what two you're coming of the for. The best there. dirt racers right now in the world. Yeah. And they're also cup drivers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not like you're like, they're the best dirt racers for NASCAR, like the best no, road no, no. racers for no, NASCAR. No, I mean, this, this is a road race where you have a Lewis Hamilton and a Scott Dixon. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's and a taken... Max Verstappen. Like, I mean, that, that literally is what it is. <laughs> yeah. You're putting some of the best dirt racers on dirt just in weird cars. So yeah, <laughs> I fully, expect, I fully expect it's going to, they're going to be as good as anyone at figuring those cars out. Uh, now, taking over the 20 ride, as Christopher Bell is, what does that mean for Eric Jones? Well, uh, there was an open seat at Petty Motorsports because we talked about Bubba Wallace left Petty to go to the new team, 2311. So now, Eric Jones, I think I think lands himself in a pretty good spot. It's not that Petty, at any stretch or form, are you going to think RPM is, is the same level as Gibbs? It's not. But they are going to have now a, a guy who, by the way, Eric Jones, like Kyle Larson's 28 years old. You know, he's been in the sport forever, but he still gets talked about as a young driver. Eric yeah. Jones is 24 years old. You know, uh, he's 24, gosh. man. Right. Yeah. I know. Like, I feel like Eric Jones has been around forever. And yet he's still a young guy who I think is I think this is a good level for him. I don't mean that in a bad way. You can go to RPM. If you finish top 20, that's a solid day. You finish top 10, that's a day you pop some champagne. It's a pretty, you know, pretty good run if you do that. Winning a race is obviously going to be mostly at play tracks or a rain-shortened thing or a pit strategy thing. But you know what? I think Eric Jones still has talent, and I still think that that RPM team can still be a competitive ride for a top 15 spot on most days. So I think that's his goal for most of this season is get that team to the top 15 
consistently and then try to win a race if it's you know if if yeah. you find yourself in the top five at daytona with two to go i mean by the way you won't miss that car it's a neon orange uh armor all armor all yeah <laughs> that uh well, is stp sponsorship because they own that brand but yeah there you go that's that's what you'll well, see think, at daytona yeah well think about it too his top two tracks are watkins Glen and darlington he's got he's averaging a top five finish at both those tracks yeah. and then darlington is over five races with a win and, and three top fives so I think that that he can come out there at the road courses. There's an opportunity for him to click off top tens there for sure. There's also an opportunity at a track like Darlington where tires, equipment, managing, not getting in the wall will come into play that I think he could get a top five there too in the RPM equipment. And, I mean, he's he, he's got an 11th at the Daytona road course. Uh, he's he's even, I mean, he's averaging top, top 20 finishes in Daytona with a win. So he's a good plate racer. He's a good road course racer. And that is where you know what now 11 races are on a on a calendar this year yeah, so yeah there's 11 opportunities for him to do well in rpm equipment so i think i think i think the possibility really is there yeah and i'll, I'll say one more thing on eric jones the question will be you know does his level as a driver bring rpm up or does the equipment at rpm bring him down you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards towards RPM. I just we know the reality. It's not the same as having Gibbs equipment. So we'll find out, man. Yeah. But if he can get he can get if he can get them back to victory lane, imagine what that would do for RPM, what that would do for Richard yeah. Petty Motorsports. It'd be huge. So uh, we wish him nothing but the best. And I'm looking forward to see what he can do in that car. Uh, now, let's keep going. A few more drivers to talk about here. Ross Chastain, a watermelon man. He is going to be in the Cup Series and it's it's not like I mean it's weird to say that he's he's not a rookie, okay? And he's not even really a newcomer because he has run the Daytona 500 will be his 80th cup start. So, he's got a lot of Alex Bowman kind of, you yeah, know, if you think about a few years say. ago where Bowman had run a bunch of races with lesser teams and now, you know, he gets a good ride. That's kind of what Ross Chastain is doing in the 42, yeah. obviously you know, we know why the 42 was open and Matt Kenseth finished out the year last year, but he wasn't ever going to stay in that ride. So this is one of the most consistent drivers last year in the Xfinity series running for Colleague Racing. Uh, I would think comparatively, Ganassi equipment is at least similar to what Colleague has in Xfinity, right? It's not Penske, it's not Gibbs, but it's pretty good. And that's what Ganassi brings. So can he go out and get a victory in this in this car in 2021? I think at the very least, he should be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's going to be... Um, a chance for him to, like you said, would be like basically like Alex Bowman uh, light or Alex Bowman-esque, I would say. Um, I think he's one of those people that could that definitely is going to get top fives. And I I hate to keep saying, it, I think he's going to get a win. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of top fives. I don't think <laughs> we, he's going to win like, this year. Well, you know what, though? You know who that would be like? That would be like Matt Benedetto, right? Yep. With Wood Brothers, yep. where it's Wood Brothers have good equipment, not great, but good. And, yep. and you have a driver in Matty D who can get that car to a top five and not just because of strategy or not just because of some crazy outlier thing. Matt DiBendetto get that car in the top five every once in a while. And yep. I think if Ross Chastain could become that guy, that's that's a good start for your first year in the Cup Series. I mean, that's that'd mm -hmm. be a huge start if he could do that. But again, it's not his first year in Cup. It's his first like year full-time with a good ride. But he, he obviously has run in the series for many years, you know, with various different opportunities. Uh, let's talk about another guy here who's going into a, a really interesting spot. Corey LaJoy leaves Go Fast Racing because that's no longer a thing. Um, and he is joining the number seven Spire Motorsports Chevrolet. So he is yeah. 
moving over there that is now a two-car operation for spire of course they had the uh the justin haley victory at daytona a couple years ago that was fun but that's that's not that's more of what we're talking about with the strategy or a you know one-off rain delay type of thing so now can Corey lajoy take this team that's going to be getting chip ganassi equipment and hendrick engines they're getting cars from chip ganassi and engines from hendrick can he take those cars and get them to better spots than he did with GoFast. Because GoFast, he was getting that car consistently top 25, top 20, when it probably wasn't that level of equipment. It was probably 30th equipment, you know, and he'd get it to 20th. So what does that say for Spire Motorsports? Do you think he can get them consistent top 20s? I think he can. I think he can He can get them top 20s. He can build their program. They're eyeballing 2022. That's really where their, their money's going, their innovation's going, That their whole – their whole business model was basically acquire charters for the new body. That's what mm-hmm. they've been doing. Yeah, and they lucked right. into that win with Justin Haley uh, a, f- a few years ago at Daytona with some great pit strategy. You know who Corey LaJoy reminds me of? He reminds me of a young Parker Kligerman. When I say young, I, they're, I think they're same age. Corey <laughs> might even be older. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that in 2013, a little company called Swan Racing had a one, two, three, four, five, eight race uh, venture into uh, NASCAR. And the first race they ran was in Texas with Parker Kligerman. They had a chassis, if I remember, was like a 2008 chassis in 2013. Five, six-year-old chassis. They finished 18th. They beat, uh, I I don't know, I'd have to look up the stats of that race, but they beat um, teams that were, well, hey, I've got the, well, I've got the, top 10 finishes never mind but they beat teams that were big time uh cup programs with fresh cars and parker clearman took that to a victory uh, or sorry or took that to an 18th place finish so that's kind of like a victory for those guys so those are the opportunities they're going to have chip ganassi cars hendrick engines um well let's put I'm it gonna, this way i'm going to go out on a limb oh he's not going to win a race he is going to win a stage the daytona 500 oh good lord oh good lord Corey LaJoy is going to win the Daytona 500. Look Come on. At the, okay. All right. Now you're going to make me do this. Okay. Go ahead. You know, now you're going to make me do this. Okay. You're going to make me do this. No, 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 no. You can't change his prediction when we do the Daytona 500 preview. I just want to make clear. This no, is no, your no. prediction I, if you're yeah. sticking with this. I mean, he's locked in. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> sticking with it. He's going to win the Daytona 500. And let me tell you why. Okay. Because Corey LaJoy's, he's got a average finish of 20th place at daytona you're like oh my gosh derek you are on the juice on this one well guess what though he's got two top tens three top 20s and he always keeps his equipment in tip-top shape all right he never wrecks out like obviously he wrecked last year when ryan newman came through his windshield yeah right but But beside that that was the last lap of the race he did that he did that in in a seventh place car with go fast trump train equipment i mean Yeah. yeah he's got hendrick engines He's yeah, for people, for people bodies. who don't, for people who don't know the difference between like what he's going to have this year and last year. He had triad engines last year, I think. Go fast, like, yeah. A C program. He's got an A program this year. Go fast racing last year was like Corey LaJoy said when they ran at Martinsville and they were up in the top ten. Remember that whole deal he had with Denny, where you know Denny yeah. said this is why we don't we can't count on you in the fourth quarter of his basketball league and all that stuff about you know running last and and. Corey LaJoy fans got on Denny and then they had a little meeting to chat about all that. Like at the time, Corey LaJoy said, because he passed Denny on the track. Denny was terrible at Martinsville in the spring race last year. Remember that? 
Uh, yeah. Bubba was like a top 10 car, or top 11. Um, but LaJoy was really good too. And it was funny because he said after that race, he said, yeah, I mean, we were passing guys that were in brand new equipment, brand new cars built for Martinsville. They said they were running a 10-year-old chassis. Yep. That I want to say... God, I can't remember if he said it was like an old car from Biffle or something. Like it was, I mean, that's, he said they were running 10 year old chassis and beating these guys. So that's, that's the level up that Spire brings for him. So yeah, I would assume that Corey LaJoy is going to be a better, he's going to be, he should be consistently finishing. It's all about expectations, right? He should be finishing consistently top 20 and maybe is like a fringe dark horse play. Imagine if Spire made the playoffs, that'd be friggin' huge for them. (laughs) I don't think they will. I'm just saying if he can get them consistently to top 20, that is a successful year for Corey LaJoy. And yes, if they win the Daytona 500, pants off, run around naked. You just you just have a moment because that's ridiculous. But they should be in better equipment there. A um, couple more guys, and then we got to wrap this up. Daniel Suarez. This is another kind of big deal thing. Trackhouse is uh, now uh, uh, a thing, Trackhouse, the number 99, Trackhouse Chevrolet, which looks sick. All the paint schemes they've put out have looked awesome. So Daniel Suarez is coming there. So last year he was with the Gaunt Brothers Racing Toyota, the number 96. He had a year there. Was he a year – where was he before that? Um, Was – I'm trying to think of where he was. Was that – Oh, Gaunt Brothers? He was at uh, Stuart Haas before the Gaunt Brothers. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, So Daniel Suarez has bounced around a little bit since his time with Gibbs. But this is now his fourth organization in as many years. Justin Marks owns this team. Um, is this Pitbull's involved in this, right? Is that the team Pitbull, that Pitbull's? Yeah, he's, he's yeah, one of the backers. He's, he's one of the yeah. owners of this team. So there's another guy that is coming into the sport. Obviously, not with the history, you know, not a not a you know racing name that you hear a lot. But yes, the musician Pitbull. That's who we're talking about. Uh, Dale, all that stuff. Like that's that's Dale, who's Dale, yeah. Dale, Dale. Yeah, like Trackhouse is uh, doing this thing, and I think it's kind of cool, man. I mean, what what is he going to be in this car? I don't know. Their equipment is going to definitely. I I think there's maybe a little more hype than substance on this team, but it's it's a marketing opportunity. It's working yeah. out well, and people are going to be paying attention to this car. So for Daniel Suarez, this is a very interesting opportunity for him. He will no doubt be uh he will be getting a publicity push for sure can the on the track stuff hold up with it that's the question yeah well the thing i like about this too is that i mean and all these all these people that come in the sport are racers right they don't get in the sport to be like well i see this is a fine business and investing opportunity um very few do right even like randy moss when he owned a truck team he was a racer he's a racing fan um troy aikman same thing right uh but with justin marks he's not just an athlete or a famous person he's a race car driver who owns a very successful go-kart track in Mooresville, North Carolina, where pretty much every up-and-coming driver spends some time there during the week. Um, he's won at Mid-Ohio in Xfinity. He's raced in Trans Am and, and Rolex or the, the Grand Am IMSA series. Uh, he He's a driver who I think is taking his chance, putting all his chips on the table, partnering with Pitbull uh, to say, let's see if we can go cup racing with the idea that 2022 is where Spire's aim is it's where uh track house's aim is it's where bj mcleod and cody Ware's aim is all these people see the ability to actually compete yeah right they're getting yeah. into the sport now getting some of the technical where uh, know-how down and then eventually you're right uh they're going to be aiming for that much more equitable we think 
team and system when the new car comes in the next gen car by the way if you're not familiar with the next gen car and you want to know more about it go check out episode 31 of this podcast it's called biscuits with bozy uh that is when we spoke with bozy tatarevich who is a writer covers the automotive industry he is a racer as far as uh, works on the team uh in the imsa series he you know is a crew member mechanic all that stuff so go check that out because he has done quite a bit of research and and reporting on the next gen car and so there's some good technical understanding of how that'll be different if you want to learn about that go check it out it's above or below the podcast that you are listening to now just go into your podcast app and check it out a couple rookies that we'll talk about there are two of them that are kind of running for the rookie of the year race that could actually have a, a chance to do that um so you've got the chase briscoe who i think most people assume will be the rookie of the year taking over for clint boyer the number 14 Stuart haas racing ford uh, so he had a career year last year, almost was out of the sport and then said, you know, I got to buckle down and get this done. And then what did he reel off like seven wins last yeah. year? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was ridiculous in the Xfinity series. So of course now he's up for rookie of the year honors, uh, should be a, a playoff. I mean, Clint Boyer had that car in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That was, that was playoff car last year. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is where they expect him to be is get to the playoffs in your rookie year. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, right. Just go no do that. Deal. Oh, and by the way, like, make sure you win a race like Cole Custer did. You know, do that too. Well, you know, here's the so thing: is we that. we we know this because we were doing a lot of research for our fantasy draft. But Chase Briscoe, road racer, he gets it done. Got it done in the Xfinity series, and I think Chase Briscoe, certainly for fantasy points, you should be looking at him daily fantasy. Whenever there's a road course race, pick up Chase Briscoe, man, if you can, because. Oh, he yeah. should be good I mean, on the on the on the road courses this year. There's a ton of them. So yeah, I mean, one of us definitely did that in the draft last night. Um, <laughs> and one of us yeah, didn't. One of us so. didn't. One of us had a chance to take him and didn't. I that was me. Then yeah. I picked Tyler Reddick because I had Tyler Reddick last year and I won the championship. And I think he's going to be good this year. But uh, Chase Briscoe, I think, is also going to be really good. It was a tough call, but yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to be excellent in that car. <laughs> um, another guy to keep an eye on in the rookie battle is Anthony Alfredo. Uh, fast pasta is his nickname. He was part-time last year for RCR and really good in those rides that he had in that neon green. Uh, I forget the sponsor, but whatever the sponsor was. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. In the Xfinity series. Uh, now he joins front row motorsports in the number 38 car. So he's only 20 Hunter car. Yeah. John John Hunter Hunter is gone. Who had some great runs last year. He did. He also had some tremendous wrecks and and unfortunately consistency was not his friend. So um, this is a thing, man. Anthony Alfredo is going to run that series full time. He's going to run the Cup Series. He has not yet run a full season in any NASCAR National Series. So, I mean, hasn't run a full series in truck, hasn't run a full series in Xfinity, now going to run a full Cup Series. It's going to be a learning curve. I think he's going to have a very difficult time to start, but do not be surprised to see him get a front row car in the top 10. I think he I think he will get a top 10 this year. That is my bold prediction for Anthony Alfredo. He will get a top 10 and maybe again, keep an eye on him for any of these, you know, crazy restrictor plate or sorry, tapered yeah. spacer races, right? Just there's a chance he he finds a way in any of those races, but well, Anthony Alfredo is interesting. Yeah, I'll drop some stats for you. Um that car, the 38 car, uh finished 11th at Daytona, 500, uh 8th at Talladega in the spring and 8th at Talladega in the fall. It also finished 11th at Daytona in the summer race. Um, and then uh, it also finished 9th at Darlington. Now, that's John Hunter Nemechek telling you. But, I mean, 13th at Charlotte, 13th at Bristol. Uh, just rattling off some These are good. These are good. These 17th are, at Kansas. Yeah, These are really good. 
yeah, these are really good. I mean, so he's it's not like he's walking into a car. Front row is a lot different than it has been. Michael McDowell's clicked off top tens in that car on yeah. non speedway and road course tracks, too. So front row is is making a step. I, I mean, gosh, I almost would argue that they may be. I mean, if you look at Roush Fenway Racing, that motor group, that ownership group is that's fading and they're, they're, they're that's fading. Interesting. Listen to this. They're fading in their their exp- expenditures. I don't know what the pandemic's done to them, but Liverpool is is also in their portfolio of teams they own. They have not spent at all in this transfer window for Liverpool. And you're like, dude, this is a NASCAR podcast. I get it. But if they're not spending in Liverpool and there's a, a big uh, change in the bodies and all that stuff in 2022, they may take the Haas F1 approach and just write 2021 off at Roush. I really yeah. think so. Yeah. I mean, as we speak, I just dropped Ryan Newman for Corey LaJoy in my fantasy league. So there's that. <laughs> um, but I, so I think Roush, Roush bleh, I think front row has a chance to compete and outshine Roush. I think you're with, right. I, I yeah. think that's, I think that's with spot Michael on, McDowell man. and with Anthony Alfredo. I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, Michael McDowell always is trying to prove everybody wrong and tell them how much that, you know, Jesus loves them. But also, too, that Anthony Alfredo is going to be trying to say, hey, this is my one shot. Oh, gotta, and Anthony Alfredo, gotta, if run. you're if you're not familiar, that dude has no problem moving a guy out of the way. I don't know if he'll be as bold enough to do that in the Cup Series, but he definitely will put a door to you. He'll put a fender to you. Like that that kid can run. I mean, he's. I don't know if he'll be able to show it in Cup Series in his first year, but this equipment's going to be a little rough. But it's 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 interesting. And you know what? I'm trying to think, man. Ford teams. Penske's obviously the number one Ford team. Haas is number two. Stuart Haas. That's it's between I mean front row and them right or the other other teams yeah. right I mean they could front row could be the third Ford team here that's uh yeah that's, that's interesting crazy. and that's saying something too for Roush yeah. Fenway that's that's and, uh, and that's the thing in NASCAR the there are fallen I mean you look at Morgan McClure racing you look at a lot of racing you know Furniture Row if you're not with it if you're not keeping up with it I know Furniture Row's story is different NASCAR will continue on the races will continue. And you will just be bled dry or eventually be walked out of the sport because you're not keeping up. So yeah, I, yeah. I know Roush Fenway's got a big presence there. But, I mean, how many years have we gone through with, well, they, they, they're they bringing uh, Brian Newman over. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change the outlook, change the dynamics of the team. Well, they're bringing Chris Bush over, former Xfinity champion. Well, they're you know doing this, yeah. they're doing that. They're contracting teams, less, you know, less stretching out. They're bringing this engineer over. They're bringing, they got this new program. They got this Hawkeye system. They keep doing all this stuff every year, and every year they continue to just drop. Yeah, in it's performance. crazy. It's crazy. Um, man. And they keep having other people passing by. Yeah. So and we'll, I, we'll I think, see if that continues. I think if, if, if it wasn't for Ryan Newman being such a bullhead on the track and and eking out those top 15, top 20s, they'd be worse than they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right there. Um, last thing, and we'll we'll wrap this up here. Uh, the crew chief changes. There's a bunch of them, but we'll, we'll just highlight one, uh, and that is the big one. Ben Bashore is now the crew chief for the number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh yeah, it's Kyle Busch's car. So uh, he, that's that's a big move up for him because Ben Bashore was the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota crew chief in the Xfinity series. So now he moves up to the Cup series and is is back now. Um, that's two years in the Xfinity series where they totaled eight wins. So he is going to be previously the engineer of the team a couple years ago. But now him and Kyle Busch working together, that is going to be something to figure out because uh, obviously last year was not up to standard for Kyle Busch, 
And that is partially why Adam Stevens is no longer there. Adam Stevens leaves the 18 team to now move over to the 20 team. Uh, so he and Christopher Bell will be working together. So I think this has implications clearly for both guys. I think Ben Bashore will be a good help for Kyle Busch. I don't think Ben Bashore he's going to come in and basically say, what do we need to do? He's he's going to be motivated by the data, motivated by the numbers. Kyle Busch can come in and tell him what he wants, and that's going to work. I see that working out better than maybe Adam Stevens, who's a little bit more of a personality, more of right. a coach of a driver. And I think that'll be good for Christopher Bell, someone who can help get the most out of a driver. I don't think Kyle Busch needs that anymore. I don't think he's needed it for the last few years. Yeah. Adam Stevens, this will be a good move for him. I think it's refreshing for both guys to kind of move on and part ways there. I just like Adam Stevens with this whole talking to the furniture row guy a few years ago. Yeah, tough guy. Hey, come on, tough guy. Tough guy. Yeah, yeah. What about it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in your box. Oh, man, he's, he's a little – he's a firecracker, man. This is weird. We're Adam talking Stevens, about boxes. We're Adam, two guys. This is weird. <laughs> Adam Stevens, will, he'll get fired up, man. So that's what I'm, – I'm curious to see how those two work out. But, yeah, it's, I think that's a good move for uh, for the yeah. 18 team to part ways with Adam Stevens, move him over to the 20, and Kyle Busch now – get someone who's just going to be a little bit more technical and a little less in your face on that stuff. Yeah. So I think it'll work out no, well for both. Yeah. No, nothing more weirder than some really aggressive guys talking in a pit box about this is my space. This is your space. Stay on my space. It's just like this alpha male's gone wrong. Yeah, it is <laughs> so for weird. sure. Um, all right. So I think that leaves us where we are. We've, we've previewed most everything we can think of in NASCAR. Don't forget, later this week, we will have our Xfinity and Trucks preview. We will have our Daytona 500 preview, and we will give you, at that point, our predictions for not just the race, but the season as a whole, uh, and our fantasy preview coming up with that Daytona preview as well. So we don't do any predictions right now. We'll do those uh, on Friday when you get the Daytona 500 preview. That'll all be coming up there. I think we've done an hour and a half here on the Cup Series, so I think we covered it pretty well. Uh, so we'll take it from here and uh, hopefully you guys will check out our truck and Xfinity preview that we do uh, coming up soon. Till then, yep. thanks for listening. Have a great season. Stay safe and stay staggered.